2: welcome back fantasy sports today here on sports grid it is thursday june 10th 2021 craig mish along with Davis Maddock. And I know uh, Davis is it's warming up all, all across the country. I don't know uh, how it is in Missouri right now, but I know that tee times hopefully are upon us for the weekend. Uh, my son is in golf camp all week long. So I'm here with you while he's out there playing. I feel a little bit jealous. Are you have any tee times all set for the weekend? Yeah,
3: I, uh, I think I'm going to get to go play on Saturday. I would hope so. My game not in a great place right now. I'm, I am, uh, mm. I'm really working. I'm really working through some things, fighting. Uh, you know, uh, when you when you are uh, an amateur golfer, like a really bad golfer, you slice all your shots, and then you work and you change your grip, and you get accustomed. You, your your swing gets better, and then you start fighting your shot going to the left because a lot of times your your grip gets too strong, and that's where I'm at right now. I'm fighting, fighting a lot of my shots drifting to the left. So we're we're fighting through it.
2: All right. Well, look. You know, I mean, just get back out there. It's you know got a few months before football season. I know that you're gonna. I mean, you're locked down pretty much in the house on the computer every day. But football season's coming. You got two months to get that done. Uh, okay. Here are our headlines here on on real things that are happening that you folks care about. Two games in the NBA tonight. We got the Clippers taking on the Utah Jazz with Utah being three-and-a-half-point favorites, and Brooklyn taking on Milwaukee, and the Bucks are also three-and-a-half-point favorites tonight, so we'll break down those games tomorrow. Game six tonight could be the game of the year in the NHL. Some people feel it will be, and George Kurtz is going to join us to talk about that game coming up in just a few minutes. Vegas leads the series 3-2. They can close out Davis's avalanche, so we know where he'll be tonight watching that one. Four afternoon games today. Looks like uh, Dodgers got a one nothing lead. You heard Chris mention Mookie Betts hit a home run. Also, Brewers have a one-to-nothing lead as well. Brewers playing great baseball all season long. And Dak Prescott joins the Jordan brand. Highest paid NFL endorsement deal with Jordan via Dak Prescott. And I know that, Davis, that's your guy, right? Uh, Dak Pre- like, are you more of a, a Chiefs guy or a Dak guy? You know what? Now that I think about it, you're kind of like both those teams. Is that an AFC and NFC thing? Like, What happens if they play against each other? Who do you, who do you like? So they, they have never
3: played against each other since I moved to Kansas City five years ago. Um, they, 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 they've never played against each other, but I grew up. Being a Cowboys fan, my dad was a Cowboys fan. He grew up in Oklahoma. You could either choose the Steelers or the Cowboys because those were the teams that were on TV. Um, so I grew up mm-hmm. rooting for the Cowboys. Obviously, they were terrible my entire adult life, right? They never, they, they never won a Super Bowl. The, the, my biggest playoff memory with them is, uh, is getting blown out against the Brett Favre Vikings and then the game against Seattle where Romo fumbled the, the extra point snap. Oh, then I moved oh. to Kansas City. I moved to Kansas City. They're really good they uh the first two years they're really good with alex smith then they draft patrick mahomes patrick mahomes like takes over the city i mean you just you just could not live in kansas city at that time frame and not love that team they were it, it's well if you like sports i mean they're just mahomes is so incredible you'd see the guys out and around the city because kansas city is is I, I think probably guys like living there because you can just go out you can go out to dinner no one's going to bother you you can do your thing um you know it. it just was i just got swept up in it so i i guess i've kind of broken up with the cowboys a little bit like i don't i don't live and die with the wins and losses you know what i mean like and i also think that's kind of yeah. part of just getting a little bit older like i'm almost 30 now i don't need to i don't need to be sad when the cowboys you know inevitably lose another close divisional game against the eagles i don't need to let that ruin my mood like we kind of and do you actually know what it is craig the, the day that my attitude changed about how I felt about my professional sports teams was the day that Kevin Durant left the Oklahoma City Thunder to go mm-hmm. to the Warriors. Like, that that was it for me. Not And I, I don't bear, like, if I met Kevin Durant, I wouldn't be like, you ruined sports for me. But that was just kind of when I realized, like, these are just adults doing their jobs trying to get their own, you know, personal fulfillment. They don't owe me anything. I don't owe them anything, and there's just there's no reason to be wrapped up in it like that.
2: You know, it's funny that you say that because, because there's that moment for me and that happened when I was a little bit older than you, I think, but around around that age for me too. And what it was for me, it was media. And it was very similar. I grew up a big Raiders fan. I loved the Raiders. That was my team. I loved mm-hmm. Bo Jackson. I loved even the time before that. And the and I was covering the Buccaneers at the time. I was living on the west coast of Florida. Bucks were terrible. This is back, you know, nineties, two thousands, whatever. Bucks were horrible. Raiders come to town. Raiders are good. Raiders are always good for a long time there. And then you know, last ten years, ugh. Uh but but they but the Raiders. Uh, they, they, I'm like so excited to cover the game. Jeff Hostetler is the quarterback. I love the Raiders. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Bucks aren't winning any games. And the Raiders score a game win, a game tying touchdown in the back of the end zone. Hostetler scores a touchdown. Uh, all they need to do is kick the extra point. I think it was like 16 to get to 17, 16, some weird mm-hmm. score. Extra point is missed. I'm like, missed. oh my gosh, the game ended on an extra point being missed. I'm hurting as a Raiders fan. And then I thought, you know what? This is a great story for the Buccaneers. They won the game. And at that moment was when I realized, I'm like, you know, I got to get my priorities straight. I like the Raiders, Mm -hmm. but I like good stories more. And then fantasy football crushed me from rooting for my teams, you know, and now betting crushed me from everything else. So I totally feel what you're saying there. And, and it is an age thing, but it's more of, I think, a professional thing, too. You just kind of realize, like, the team that makes money for me is the team that I'm going to root for yeah. or professionally in, in the same way. So media definitely zapped me, though, in a big way. People ask me, who's your favorite team? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess the team that helps me make money in one way or another. George Kurtz will help you make some money on tonight's NHL Stanley Cup game. Stay tuned. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today here on Sport Grid. Last week, we had George Kurtz filling in for Davis as we dove into a lot of different topics in baseball and sports and movies. We bring George back in this week not to dive into any movies or not to dive any specials. I know that he promised the last time that we spoke that he would watch the Friends reunion show. I don't know if that actually happened, but we're going to talk some NHL. We have uh, arguably the biggest game of the NHL season tonight. So can't wait to dive in. But, George, it is great to see you. How are you?
5: I'm doing well. Oh, always happy to see you, Craig. We have three of our, well, two of our final four teams with a chance for the analysts to become the third tonight.
2: Yeah, I, I think that this game is probably uh, the game of the season, maybe the game of the year in the NHL because it, it's sort of been a little bit surprising, I guess, to some how this has gone. Uh, With Vegas getting the win on Tuesday night and tonight, 9 o'clock Eastern, they're going to have a chance to uh, get themselves back into the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, who would have thought that this could possibly happen with the way that Colorado was playing? They're minus 140, so the odds are telling you there's a pretty good shot. Usually when I see this, it's like, ah, Fanduel's telling you a good shot. I mean, not a lock by any means, because again, you can get plus 120 on Colorado, And the total is five and a half. So let's kind of break this one down. Does this have a chance to be the best game of the season? We know that the Avalanche have played as well as any team in the NHL, but they are basically a few periods away from going home.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's been – I don't want to say it's been surprising because really no one should be surprised if Vegas defeats Colorado. Vegas is a damn good team. Remember, they were tied for the most points in the regular season. The only reason Colorado got the home ice advantage was tiebreaker. You know, so they got the home ice there. I think what surprises everybody is that game one, we remember that. Oh, my God, it was 7-1, right? The Avs came out and they blitzed uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. The Vegas Golden Knights almost had a giveaway game. I know it's strange to say that in the playoffs, but we all wondered why. We've talked about this before. All of a sudden, Pete uh, DeBoer, the coach, goes, you know what? We're going to rest Flory, who played every minute of every game in round one against Minnesota. But they decided to rest Flory for uh, game one against against the Calabar Avalanche. Uh, was there an injury there? Apparently, there wasn't. But I, that's what my first thought was. Flory does have a history of concussions, stuff like that. You're thinking, oh, God, he got dinged up. He can't play. But apparently, the strategy was, you know what? We'll sort of give away game one. Everyone else gonna, going to play. But Colorado was well-rested. They had over a week's uh, worth of rest as they went right through St. Louis. They swept them without a problem. And Vegas, they felt, especially Flurry needed the break. So game one was a giveaway game. And then all of a sudden, game two, even the first period, was edging towards Colorado. But from the second period on, through the rest of the series here, not so much maybe game game five here. That was more of an even. But through game four, here it was all Vegas. Shots were two to one against four Vegas. Now in game uh in game five, it was more even. I think shots are thirty to twenty-five in favor of Colorado. And you can make an argument, a pretty strong argument, Craig, that if not for Mark Andre Fleury, it's three two Colorado. They did play that well. But in my mind, if we thought that Colorado was going to really extend the series to make it a seven game series, they had to win at home in Game 5. Going to Vegas now for Game 6. That play is going to be nuts. I know we say that about a lot of hockey arenas, but Vegas has a distinct home ice advantage here. Play is going to be nuts here. It's going to be very difficult for them to win. Plus, you know, you got to put the human factor in there. They're dejected. They're absolutely dejected. Nathan McKinnon, one of the top players in the game, hasn't done much this series. Nothing since Game 1. Rantanen has been alive. But... They, they're they're going to be gripping the sticks tighter because they're seeing that Flurry's making the big saves. And even one of the two goals they got in game five was really something Fleury should have stopped. It wasn't a great goal here. Flurry is feeling it. He's playing that well. And Flurry's had, a, really, when you think about it, an amazing career transfers. Craig, there was a time when he was at Pittsburgh, he was not a playoff goalie. And what I mean by that, he wasn't a money goalie. Good during the regular season, sort of choked. During the playoffs had some issues he got replaced there's a reason why matt murray won a couple of cups with pittsburgh and net because flory did not play well he was the guy leading in goals from bad angles from outside the blue line you're like what's going on here and he was that guy and now it's it's a 180. i mean it's, it's amazing what he's done. he's a hall of fame goaltender now had a great career in vegas they tried to get rid of him last year i don't know if you remember craig it was uh when they replaced him with with leonard his agent he sent the uh the, the sword through his back in that uh, that tweet. It was one of the greatest tweets ever. Probably stupid on his part, but fantastic. It was sword. <laughs> They're a golden knight. It so was sword through uh, through uh, back. And it sent waves. Like what's going on here? All the problems, and now he just he brushes everything aside, and he plays well. Uh, very good hockey. Outstanding hockey. One of the better goaltenders in the game. Here they tried to trade him during the off season. They wanted to trade him because they wanted to go with Robin Lennon. They didn't want to have two high-priced goaltenders. So I think what Vegas has done, what Florida has done, has really been amazing here. I think think Vegas wins.
2: All right, so you're uh, on minus 140. How about anything on the total here before we move on? Uh, One baseball quick question for you.
5: Yeah, I think we're going to have to go the over here because what we're going to see here, I think some empty net goals could be happening, assuming the game is somewhat close because you have nothing to lose anymore. That's why I have a tough time. I wouldn't go under. If you're not going to go over, that's fine. Just leave it alone then. But I wouldn't go under because, listen, you're down 3-1. You're pulling the goaltender three, four minutes left. And he's never going back in. Your season's over. You're going golfing. You know, so 4-1, 5-1, 6-1, 9-1, what does it matter anymore? So I always get worried yeah. about that in an elimination game. So uh, I either go the over or leave it alone.
2: All right. Let's, uh, let's uh, uh, switch focus here to baseball here real quick, uh, George, before you go. Uh, yesterday, uh, it was actually a couple days ago, Garrett Cole, pitcher of the Yankees, was was asked directly about using sticky substances on, on the baseball. He was pretty evasive about it. And maybe this is more of a reality question than it is for fantasy or, or wagering. But it, it definitely, to me, uh, came off as though he didn't really want to answer the question because clearly he was using it, which honestly may be fine considering a lot of other guys are as well. But what did you make of that interview where he basically was, you know, sort of evasive on that? And and do you have a concern in the second half of the season for pitchers and kind of their performance? Because it does seem like baseball is pushing for more runs.
5: Yeah, they asked him uh, specifically if he's using spider tack. I have no idea what that is. I'm sorry, it's some kind of sticky substance. And you're right, he was. uh, Oh, I really don't know how to answer that question. How, How do you not have an answer for it? How did your PR guy not go over this with you? All right, really? You know, and you figure out an answer. And I don't think he has anything to apologize for yet because, as you said, they're all using it, or at least most. Right. All right? I mean, I don't know what your number is in your head. I'm thinking 75 80% are using something, some more than others, right? Some more than others. But do I have concern? I think you have to. All right? Now, we did see that Cole in his last start against Tampa Bay last week, his spin rate was down. Now, it wasn't the greatest weather day here in New York. On that day, it was a little cool, a little damp, so you, you want to put something towards that. I don't know what what his spin rate was on other damp days in April, you know, so you know, you compare it to that. But I think you have to worry, yes. Because I think we're gonna see this a lot with a lot of pitches, assuming assuming baseball is going to follow through and suspend, we've heard ten days possibly two starts for guys who do do something, you know, would there be large fines? I wonder this, Craig. It's once again, it's human nature. No one's going to really stop until someone gets made an example of. And I mean a, a top player. You, you know, you make some example of some fifth relief that no one cares about. No one cares. Yeah, you know, but if you make it a Garrett Cole or a top starter on a top team, also guys are like, all right, that's it, can't do anything anymore. So I'm wondering what's going to happen. here. But yes, I am concerned about it. And I think it does affect gambling, by the way. It could affect our strikeout props and it could affect the unders. Yeah. Right? If, if teams are going to hit more, then yes, i I am concerned about this.
2: Yeah, I, I think it definitely will change things. It's just, it, it's not tangible. It's not something that we know because this is the first experience we've had with it. So it may be a wait and see as we get into the month of July. Uh, no doubt about that. And by the way, George, did you end up watching the uh, Friends reunion? Did Did you watch it
5: or you're still uh, waiting for on that one? Just to be clear. We had planned plan to watch it, Greg. We really did. told my wife, but she got called into work on yeah. Sunday night. And that was the night. Okay. it's yeah, an yeah. excuse. Yeah. I know. George's wife. No.
2: George's wife. George's wife is in the medical field. We'll give her a pass next week when we're talking about the Stanley Cup Finals. There's no excuse. It's got to get done before next week so we can kibitz a little bit and talk about it here on the show. Uh, Thank you, George. Have yourself a great rest of the week and we'll catch up again next week, okay?
5: My pleasure, Craig. You too.
2: All right, George Kurtz, follow him on Twitter for the best hockey analysis and snarky commentary on social media. We'll take a quick time out here on the show. More fantasy sports today is coming your way. Stay on the grid with us. Davis joins me, of course, more fantasy discussion, wagering discussion, plenty more to come right here on the show. So stay on the grid. We'll be back in just two minutes. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports today. Craig Mish, along with Davis Maddock, we're continuing to give you an early look at the fantasy football season going team by team. You can catch our Raiders preview on demand over on our YouTube channel. We're going to go and actually stay in the AFC West and move from the Raiders to the Chargers. And Davis, from a betting perspective, this is the nightmare team in the NFL. Like, this is the team you got to have real guts to back Because it has not mattered over the last three or four years who the personnel has been, who the players have been. This has been a team in the fourth quarter that loses games. Now, the hope is, is that with their young quarterback, Justin Herbert, who is now there, that he can, I mean, maybe give the team like a two touchdown lead instead of a a six point lead every once in a while. Because we have just been missing that constantly. Uh, Personnel doesn't look great overall, Davis. I got to be honest. But when you have a great quarterback, that certainly can change things. And my analysis on Herbert, completely wrong. I did not think this guy would be as good as he is, but that's where we're at.
3: Yeah, I didn't think Justin Herbert was going to be very good. Did not think that the Los Angeles Chargers uh, made the correct decision. Thought he was very overdrafted. Thought he was just going to be pretty bust level in the NFL. That really does not look like it's true. And I think, you know, the organization, they're, they, they are, the Chargers are kind of a laughable organization. Every year in the preseason, oh, they're going to be great. They fixed this problem. They fixed this problem. They, they hired a uh, new head coach. They fired Anthony Lynn. They hired Brandon Staley. They brought in Joe Lombardi, who uh, is an offensive coordinator. He spent the last five years as the quarterback's coach in New Orleans with Drew Brees and Sean Payton. And he was the offensive coordinator of some of those awful, awful. Detroit Lions teams back in 2014 and 2015, uh, you know, kind of the beginning of of Matt Stafford's career. Back then, um, I am I certainly am not one of the people that think, oh, the Chargers are going to win the division. They're better than the Chiefs. That you know they have Derwin James, they have Joey Bosa, they have Justin Herbert. I I don't see that coming through because and and I guess my reasoning really is just I've seen this movie with the Chargers too many times. I just I, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've new coach, new offensive coordinator. And it just feels like it's in their institutional DNA at this point that they're just going to be one of those teams. But they do have some very interesting names for for fantasy that I, I definitely think bear discussing.
2: Yeah, no, definitely so. And with Herbert, it was really interesting because he had peaks and valleys during the season. Overall, the numbers looked really good. There were some coaching games, Davis, with him that I recall very vividly because, again, when you're betting, you're backing. And I, and I just remember games where they literally wouldn't let Herbert throw down the field for, like, two or three games. Like, his completion percentage was amazing, but they were all six- and seven-yard catches. And those were games that Keenan Allen had, like, you know, you know, you know know Keenan Allen is going to have two games where he catches 20 balls apiece. So, you know, I, I guess I have—in fantasy, in sports, you have to be willing to acknowledge change. And you have to be willing to acknowledge, as we just did, it was we both felt we were wrong about this one— but I still am not going to be bullish on Herbert because of, I saw him play in college in four years. So uh, he he probably won't be on any of my fantasy teams. I'm just going to let somebody take him higher than I am willing to go and be wrong again. Uh, and then if I'm wrong a second time, I think I'll, I'll dive in on the third time. But I, I mean, I'm still in wait and see on him.
3: Yeah. So I'm not actively avoiding Justin Herbert. I, he, he checks a lot of the boxes, uh, you know, 15 games last year, 4,300 passing yards, 31 touchdowns, uh, actually ran 55 times, five rushing touchdowns, 230 rushing yards in those games, adds that mobility that's so important. But the reason why I'm not taking him is because there isn't really a gap between him and and the truly elite fantasy quarterbacks like he goes up in in the same range as lamar jackson he goes in the same range as dak prescott russell wilson kyler murray and i view all of those guys as a clear tier ahead of him because herbert is you remember when aaron Rodgers used to run like he was a scrambler not a rusher right? right and kyler he's a rusher dak he's a rusher russ well, Russ is going to be 32, so maybe, maybe he, maybe I need to re-examine that one a little bit because Russ has turned more into a scrambler and less as a rusher as he has gotten a little bit older. But he, he's kind of in that range where I really greatly prefer the tier of quarterbacks ahead of him, and then also I don't love the stacking options with him either. You know, we're talking about these best ball drafts, and you, you, you need to be matching your quarterback with at least one, if not multiple, of his teammates. And I don't, I don't love Keenan Allen where he goes. I I prefer basically every wide receiver in the range that Keenan Allen goes. I, I prefer you know CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins. Like I just prefer Mike Evans even over Keenan Allen. And so as a result of that, when I'm drafting these teams, I just do not end up taking Herbert all that often.
2: Yeah, and look, he may everything we saw last year may be real. I I can't uh, you know deny that. But that's a good point based on where you're taking the other guys. It kind of tells you how you feel about the quarterback. Well, uh, the top fantasy player on their team is probably their running back in Austin Eckler. He did miss a lot of time last year with an injury, and and with his size, I think that has to be a little bit of a concern. Uh, I'm not sure if you feel that way, Davis, and and I'm guessing on some teams I'll have him, so let's get into where he has been taken right now in fantasy leagues. He's an RB1, I'm guessing, in most leagues, and uh, unfortunately for him, And maybe fortunately for some, they really don't have a viable backup. We've seen Jackson play a couple of times. He looked okay. Uh, Josh Kelly, who was really good at UCLA, I thought that he would be something. It does not look like that, even though they invested uh, a decent pick on him. So let's get into the running backs here a little bit where there is no competition, essentially, for Eckler.
3: Yeah, there is no competition. But even when Austin Eckler had no competition last year, they were finding competition for him, which is really bizarre. Like you remember how much they were playing, like Kalen Bilodeau, right? Yeah, right? Like there, there's there's really no reason why we should have even been talking about Kalen Balaj, But Kalen Bilodeau was playing last year, and he was taking goal line touches away. the The money stat with Eckler is that he has. Oh, I'm, I'm going to hate myself for this because I just forgot the exact number. But he has something like three actual rushing attempts inside the 10 yard line yeah. ever since he transitioned to being, uh, you know, kind of a, a full time player for the Chargers back in 2019. You know, he was he's always been um, a, a good pass catching running back, but was never, uh, you know, never. I mean, he still we're talking about Austin Eckler, a guy who's being drafted in the, the mid second round of fantasy drafts. He's never topped 132 carries. He's been in the NFL for four seasons. He has 401 rushing attempts and 212 receptions. He just is – he's a great receiver. And I think if you just view him that way, like I'm going to get my 60 catches, I'm going to get my you know 1,200 yards, and I'm going to get – that. The, the question is the touchdowns. Does right. he score six touchdowns? Does he score 10 touchdowns? And if you can project him for 10 touchdowns, that makes him look a lot better. But in 10 games last year – with uh, a lot of touches, he scored three touchdowns, and that is a huge problem for his fantasy value.
2: Yeah, and, and, and so uh, real quick, 30 seconds. Are, are, have you ended up with any of the other running backs on, in any of these drafts you've done? So, so not
3: yet, because I, mean, I don't know Justin Jackson, Larry Roundtree, the undrafted free agent from Missouri, or Josh Kelly. If I felt confident that one of them was the clear, you know, crusher running back, I would love them, but I just, I'm not clear on that yet.
2: Okay. At wide receiver, uh, Keenan Allen, who uh, has been ageless at this point. Many, many are guessing that this is the last ride for him with the Chargers this year. I don't know if that's true or not, but a lot of people are, are sort of surmising that. Uh, and then Mike Williams, who is just a super frustrating fantasy, oh, uh, a player to own, because you just don't know when when that 80-yard two-touchdown game is coming. And then beyond that, what is, what is there to like about the wide receivers?
3: Yeah, there, there really is not much there. Keenan Allen does what he does: 102, 97, 104, and 100 receptions each of the last four years. Has never scored double-digit touchdowns. Don't think he's going to randomly score double-digit touchdowns this year. The team has, of course, already started to talk up Mike Williams, but you know, again, we kind of know what Mike Williams is. He had a thousand receiving yards in 2019 and led the NFL in yards per reception. But he's not, uh, you know, he's not a technician. He's not running great routes. He just he he runs his his go routes. He runs his nine routes. And when Justin Herbert is on, when Justin Herbert is having a good game, that's gonna that's gonna lead us to the possibility of Mike Williams having one of those, you know, 120-yard, two touchdown games. But he's not ever gonna be someone you feel that reliable starting in weekly leagues, which does make him, you know, appealing for best ball. And then outside of that, you're not interested in anyone. It's it's total. Jalen Guyton, Tyron Johnson, uh, Josh Palmer, rookie from Tennessee. I mean, these guys, I'd be surprised if any of these guys
2: see 30
3: receptions over the course of the season.
2: Lots of optimism on the Chargers from Davis (laughs) Maddox today to be clear maybe the if you were honestly more optimistic on houston i think than you were on the chargers this doesn't sound great uh okay so tight end is the one spot where the chargers always give you someone antonio gates through the years hunter henry comes on like they've had this nice pipeline of 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 viable tight ends and then they signed jared cook and jared cook's on his like eighth team in eight years so i I suppose cook is gonna eat what 400 yards and four touchdowns Does does that sound about right
3: yeah, there there is a little bit of reason to be excited about the the tight end position though, which is Donald Parham, who was a, mm-hmm. a stud in the XFL. If people yeah. remember, he is a a giant man. He is six eight, two hundred and forty pounds. I mean, he he looks like you know, kind of like Calvin Johnson evolved out there. Like it it really is incredible how he looks on the football field. I I am actually interested in Parham. I I think that even mm-hmm. on something like 40 50 targets like, i i think he could score like eight touchdowns because how do you guard that guy how True. you you get down to the 12 yard line who on your team is is defending the jump ball against Donald Parham like I, he had three, he had three touchdowns last year in 20 targets and I, I i do kind of feel like that role is right there for him so that is a, a name to remember for the last round
2: of your drafts yeah very interesting there i got to write that name down put it in my phone and then when the drafts come up in august Maybe take a shot at Parham. All right, we'll take a quick break here on Fantasy Sports Today. We got more to come. Fantasy or reality, of course, is coming up. We got the Sports Grid sixty and plenty more to come as we get ready to close out the week here on Fantasy Sports Today. So stay with us and stay on the grid. More FST coming your way in just two minutes. Craig Mish and Davis Maddock back after this. Don't worry. back to fantasy sports today a little bit of breaking news according to pat 40 of sports illustrated the college football committee is working toward adding an additional eight more teams davis to the college football playoffs so before we get to fantasy reality obviously we'll dive more into this when they finalize it tomorrow but it does look like there are some at large teams that are going to be able to come in even though they're not in the power five Obviously, more playoffs is definitely a good thing. I will say personally, I am surprised. I am surprised that they that they're willing to go from four to twelve so quickly. I thought we'd hit a six with two teams getting a bye, or maybe an eight, but a twelve. I mean, I'm curious to hear how that works out. It sounds like weeks of college football playoffs to me.
3: Oh, come on you you can't be surprised because what what is this? What is this all about? It's all about money. It's all about money for the NCAA. This is going to be a lot of extra money in TV rights. Uh, I also, if I understand the way that bowl games work correctly, those are not as profitable for the NCAA because they don't necessarily always own the television rights to them. But the NCAA will get you know a huge cut of any college football playoff television rights. Live sports are you know keeping network television alive at this point, so the prices mm-hmm. for those are going to keep going up and up. So any anything that can be done to generate more income for the NCAA can't can't really be that surprised
2: yeah the other thing this does is the end of bowl season clearly I mean they can have as many bowls as they want now and no one is going to care about the two first two weeks of bowl season Uh, it was inevitable but uh, it was always fun to have those 40 bowls and just kind of like fill out your bowl pool or, or bet on all of those but the interest level now with 12 teams in the playoffs I'm sorry that's uh that, that's it for the uh, for the first two weeks of college football bowls for sure. All right, well it is time for fantasy or reality here on the show. Let's bring in Brett Levy, fresh off a hot Met win last night. See if we can continue that conversation today, Brett. What do you got?
6: All right, Craig. Yeah, Pete Alonso had quite the night last night. Drove in three RBIs. Also created quite a stir with what he said to the media. Uh, prior to the game, Pete Alonso said that the MLB changes the baseball every year based on the free agency class. So, you know, we have to ask. And, Craig, we will start with you. You believe Pete Alonso's conspiracy theory. Is this a fantasy or reality?
2: You know, I, w- I would love to say reality. I would. I-, I think it would make for a better show. I think it would make for more interesting topics of conversation. And Pete Alonso is uh, attended the University of Florida, which is where I attended, same school. And I feel like we have a really good education there. But I have no idea what he's talking about here. None. This is fantasy. Like they're not—they're not fixing the baseball based on the four or five guys that are important in free agency. So that year, that Garrett Cole and Strasburg are free agents, they fixed it for that. And then the year before, when Harper and Machado were free agents, they also fixed it for that, to get more money for the following year for different people. Um, No, Major League Baseball would like to pay less (laughs) to to their players. So he's intimating that, that they're going to kind of stunt the growth of the upcoming free agents. None of this makes any sense to me, Pete Alonso, I love you, Uh, fantasy.
3: Yeah, this is this is classic jock brain, right? This is this is just this is jock brain being being spewed out. It, it makes no sense. Uh, how does this make Major League Baseball money? What would be what would be their reasoning now? If Pete Alonso had a more intricate conspiracy theory that was like, oh, so this is going to keep guys' wages down. This helps the salary cap. This helps the TV deal. You know, so on and so forth. If the theory was revolved around why they would do it, and the why was money. Then sure, maybe maybe you have my attention, but if it's it's just a conspiracy theory that Pete Alonso believes that uh, you know Manfred and his cronies just want these guys to have bad seat. Like none of this makes any sense. This is uh, this is a fantasy. This is not a particularly good conspiracy theory, Pete.
2: Yeah, no, and 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 again, as you said, like if he had data, anything to back it up, like hey, you remember when Harper and Machado were free agents and. The year before, no one hit home runs. Ah, they still got three hundred million dollars a piece. <laughs> like, I don't even—I have no idea where he came up with this thing. But he'll be a free agent, so certainly in a few years he can figure that out for himself. But no, Pete, that's not it. Brett, back to you. What do we got?
6: Well, he can keep saying ridiculous things as long as he keeps driving in three runs every night. I'm okay. There you with go. It. Our next uh, topic: Kareem Jackson was on. Akib Talib's podcast over the weekend and said, I've been talking, when asked about Deshaun Watson, excuse me, And he said, I've been talking to him the last couple of weeks, man, and like all he's been telling me is, Jack, just tell him like that's where I want to be. He's like, I want to be in Denver. So you know we had to ask, and Davis, we'll start with you. Deshaun Watson wants to be a Denver Bronco. Is this a fantasy or reality?
3: Uh, it's a reality because I think pretty much every quarterback in the NFL would want to be a Denver Bronco. Sam Darnold should want to be a Denver Bronco. Justin Fields should want to be a Denver Bronco. I mean, I, I would say the players that you get to play with as a quarterback of the Denver Broncos, it, it's close to, I mean, definitely top five. I mean, Sutton, judy fant hamler tim patrick seth williams albert Albert alberto i'm not going to try and say his last name okui boonham albert okui boonham they draft javante williams out of north carolina i mean this is like this is literally an embarrassment of riches uh, on offense and the, the broncos have been good drafters uh not not good quarterback drafters but of course he wants to be there i mean look at look at the situation in, in Houston, Brandon Cooks is your wide receiver one, and then who do you, who do you have after that? You know, Nico Collins, Kiki Cutie. You have every 35-year-old running back in the league on the roster. The offensive line is terrible. Of course he doesn't want to be in Houston. So, yeah, big-time reality. Deshaun Watson wants to be a Denver Bronco.
2: Okay, so a couple of things for me here, here on this. Uh, first of all, I agree with that sentiment. I would also add to it, that in terms of organizations that you want to play for, where you have a great fan base and usually great ownership supporting you, Denver is a wonderful place. And everyone loves playing there uh, for the Broncos. They've put through a ton of Hall of Famers in the past. They've gone through a really rough time over the last few years. So I certainly understand Deshaun Watson's want to be a Denver Bronco. But I would also add this, he wants to be on any team this year Deshaun watson he would he would take whatever it's possible to actually play in the NFL now for the life of me I can't believe as we're, as I'm thinking about this that we're here on June 10th and I have not heard a thing about what his future holds now if I know anything about the NFL they ain't gonna let this guy play a game on TV whether it's the preseason or regular season before dropping some hammer on this guy so it is gonna come over the next month or so probably before August But of course he wants to be a Bronco. He wants to be a Lion. He wants to be a Saint. He wants to be uh, a Cincinnati Bengal. Davis, this guy just wants to play. So he'll say anything to get in the good graces of any fan base. But the reality for me is that until I know he's going to play this year, it's just, I mean, isn't it a silly conversation? Like, what is the deal with this guy?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, my my opinion has just been he's not going to play this season regardless, but I, I think probably everything that's going on with him legally, definitely, he, he would like to get out of Houston, I would imagine. <laughs>
2: yeah, I would say so too, at any cost possible. Yes, outside of maybe playing in the new football league. I think there's another one coming. Uh, okay, uh, Brett, let's close it out.
6: All right, for our last question of the day, LeBron James is changing his number. He's going back to number six. He's worn number six with the Miami Heat and Team USA. He's worn number 23 with the Cavaliers in high school and the previous two seasons with the Lakers. So we got to ask, Davis, we'll start with you. LeBron James will be remembered more in number six than in number 23. Is this a fantasy or fantasy? reality
3: yeah i think it's uh i think this depends on how much of a fan you are of the nba and when you were most tuned into it and the times when i was most engaged with the nba watching you know four games a night like all like being super super into it was the time when lebron was in Miami, because that was when the Oklahoma City Thunder were really good. Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, they made the playoffs every year, Western Conference Finals. Um, and then also like that, that and so he wore number six in Miami. Went back to Cleveland, wore twenty three in Cleveland. And obviously, I was you know really tuned in to those NBA Finals games as well. But I, you know, to me, LeBron James is number six. I, I actually had a LeBron James number six Miami Heat jersey. I you know I remember he's the most iconic photo of LeBron James's career the 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 dunk right when when Dwayne Wade is flying by he's wearing yeah, number you. 6 and that so I so I mm. think it it depends on your age how interested you are but for me personally I remember LeBron more as number 6 than as number 23 that that's just for me and uh, I I think it's cool he's wearing the 6 in LA though I I think his I it's not exactly clear what his motivation is. I I think maybe it might have to do with Jersey sales, which, you know, good for him. I love LeBron. He's the best. Um, but yeah, to me, he is kind of number six.
2: You know, it's interesting. I thought you would have said fantasy there and I, I thought you would have said reality. So let me clear this one up for you. So as of right now, as of this moment, LeBron is to me. And, and again, I went through the Miami years with LeBron here. I think LeBron, my first, when I close my eyes and dream, 23. But at the same time, the game changer, Davis, is coming. And the reason why he changed his number to six is because he's number six in Space Jam. And that could end up being a game changer for him. Now, it is contingent upon the movie actually being good. If this thing is a complete box office bust, no one will ever want to remember him wearing number six. But if this movie is good, Davis, you have another generation of fans in the NBA and just you know average fans who watch movies as well that are always going to remember him in Space Jam and always remember him wearing number six. So I'm going to go with you here on this reality, but that's the way that I see it. It's because of Space Jam. At least that's what I heard. Am I off with that? I think that's what I heard
3: no you're right um i i i think it's gonna be cool like uh remember we did a fantasy reality like two months ago like you're gonna go see a movie Mm -hmm. this summer and i was like yeah i definitely am because i'm gonna go see space jam i i don't know if i'll see it opening night but i for sure will go to the movies and i will be there for space jam and and here's the thing if people really want to get real about it og space jam it's a lot of fun it's it's got its moments it's not like a cinematic masterpiece like go go back and watch it or go back and watch a couple clips from it it, it, it will not be as great as you remember and i don't want to rewatch the original space jam because it's perfect in my mind right i watched it when i was a kid it was great and i'm hoping i honestly i hope space jam 2 is a better movie
2: yeah and, and again the looney tunes cartoons were not really ones that they really did much cinematic with it anyway so that does make sense it was was cool for its time just to have michael jordan against animated characters and they didn't even need to go any further but you can't get away with that now and i I think that that is the difference and i am looking forward to seeing that movie too as i've said here on the show before i'll wait for somebody to tell me if it's good and then i'll go see it that's just the way that i am unfortunately uh, with dedicating two hours to anything these days. Although I did sit four hours at a baseball game, or almost four hours last night, which says a little bit more about me. Speaking of which, I'm going to talk about that coming up next as we got the Sports Grid 60 before we close it out for this Thursday right here on Fantasy Sports Today. So stay with us and stay on the grid. We're back in just two minutes. Don't go away.
4: Reasons you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
2: Welcome back to fantasy sports today here on sports grid on tomorrow's show NASCAR all-star race coming up this weekend. Jim Sanis will join us on the show to give a little bit of a preview of that. We'll also preview the second half of the NASCAR season as well. All right, let's turn it over to Davis and wrap up the show. He's got today's sports grid 60 Davis. What's on your mind?
3: So I, I, uh, I have nothing related to fantasy sports, nothing really related to sports at all, which uh, a lot of the times, I mean, that's what the Sports Grid 60 is for. I can say whatever I mind. I got a, I got a great life hack for you dudes. I, I, in my life, I mean, the amount of money I have spent on iced coffee in my life, Craig, from Starbucks, from little corner stores, I mean, we're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars I've spent in my life on, on iced coffee. Great hack. The night before, you're getting ready for bed. You know, nine o'clock, ten o'clock. Get your French press out. Put the grounds in. Run the water over it. Stick it in your refrigerator. Let it sit there for twelve hours. You wake up. You come in the next morning. Put some ice in your cup. Dump it over. You have nice, fresh iced coffee. I mean, is it going to be as good as Starbucks or whatever? I, it depends on what your what your tastes are or whatever. But it's pretty good. And uh, that's there's there's a, a little bit of a life hack from Davis Matic for you guys.
2: I like it. I am act- I used to be an iced coffee guy for many years and I stopped completely, went over to hot and I grind every day, grind the beans, put them in the machine, make them fresh every day. That's that's my one cup of coffee. All right. So yesterday I was back on a ba- major league baseball field in a major league park for the first time since September of 2019. That is a long time. Uh, I had a nice, long conversation with Starling Marte of the Miami Marlins. I was up close and personal with a lot of the players. And it was a little awkward at first. It felt weird. It's been a while. I'm sure it was awkward for them as well. But, uh, you know, it is. it feels like there's a lot of little things in life that we have sort of forgotten over the last year and a half that we're all starting to get back now. That was one of those things that I definitely did miss. And uh, thanks to SportsGrid for allowing me to go back out there and do what I enjoy doing. That will do it for our show today. Thank you to Spencer, our intern, and of course over at LTN for Brett, Danny, and Ryan. And my co-host, Davis Maddock. We'll see you tomorrow here at noon for Fantasy Sports Today.